Welcome to News by the Catalysts, a podcast about politics, culture, and entertainment. We'll be your hosts, Jerry Benedict. And Noni Maingi. Kenya has apparently decided to engage and invest in small arms manufacturing. Yeah, and we have four billion shillings, like four billion shillings invested in this arms deal, which is definitely two days worth of missing funds in our country. Right? Or if you think about it, the long arm of the government is now involved in small arms. Yeah, I'm going to report The president opened a small arms manufacturing plant in Ruiru. And, you know, if you just think, we're having like matters vaccination happening right now that we're struggling with. So mm. they're literally just focusing on the wrong shots. <laughs> And so apparently this was part of Vision 2030. And to be quite honest, mm-hmm. up until this point, I had genuinely forgotten what was in that vision beyond the railway line and a couple of roads. Yeah, and like high, cities with high-rise buildings and everything. Yeah, the IT cities. It's very worrying. I mean, since we are like on the verge of elections, it's very grim to think about how, but as far as violent crime is concerned, it's, you know, probably better to die by a gunshot than the ordinary way where we deal with machetes or being burned alive. I mean, yeah, it's pretty grim to think about, but yep, 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 yep. So if you have a mechanical engineering degree from our research, that is basically what it takes for you to work in a small arms factory under the long arm of the government. So aim and shoot your shot. <laughs> shoot your shot. <laughs> and speaking of working for the government, mm-hmm. Nairobi Metropolitan Workers Arms Strike. Like, strikes have been happening all the time. And I honestly feel like there's no action. I mean, it's this country. We never expect action to be there, so... I mean, there has to be a recruitment ad, right? Yeah. For you to go. It, it will probably go like, Bring Nairobi Metropolitan Workers together. Join our organization and learn skills such as assembling crowds, how to arrange protest fonts on manila paper, team building with colleagues over misfortune. The only club where you can relate with doctors, nurses, and teachers because you will spend a lot of your time on strikes, <laughs> not getting your salaries or healthcare coverage. Call a colleague today and over tea time and bond. Email whyamiacivilservant.go.ke and we will get back to you in 10 business days or maybe, maybe days. <laughs> maybe days. <laughs> Okay, speaking of workers and everything, there's the issue of KOTU, because you know what, they held elections and I know, guess who won? I mean, it must have been so tough. The competition <laughs> was so, so hard. So I mean, hard to get this can people. Can you even guess who won? Oh my god. It was a Tuoli again. A surprise! Can you imagine? He's been elected for the fifth time and opposed. How does he do it, teachers? What tips does he have? Yeah, he needs to have like a... Oh, you can now do the stories on LinkedIn. Yeah. He needs to be on that. <laughs> yeah, tell him for how it's done. For the rest done. of us, mm-hmm. do one of those stories on LinkedIn because that's how you get fired. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, this is the same guy that calls himself an elder, a kingmaker. I mean, is your wearing 70s mentor? I'm I not mean, sure. <laughs> I don't know 
know how that relates to workers' rights, but mm -hmm. this is what we know so far. So mm -hmm. Kenya's union performance in comparison to other African countries, especially around union density, which is like the number of people in the unions and everything else, mm -hmm. is pretty actually good. Yeah, which was very surprising. I mean, you're always on the wrong in everything. The fact that we have one <laughs> good thing going on, it's nice to see. I wouldn't phrase it as, as good good. You know that saying where they say a glass bead in a pigsty can look like sapphire? Yeah. Just because it's glinting, right? So yeah. I don't know if it's good, but we're doing better than quite yeah. a few across Africa. Yeah, so it's like a... It's like a bad pool, but in that bad pool, we're better off than the rest of the constituents of the bad pool. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. The history of labor unions have gotten quite complex over the years mm -hmm. because what has happened as less and less elite capture ha ha happens across Africa, mm -hmm. elite capture meaning the political elite. elite yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't messing your lives up as much. Mm -hmm. But the more freedoms that you have around assembly, expression, and such, mm -hmm. you find that. People are now assembling under non-profits, NGOs, their own employer, sort of like staff groups, smaller yeah. unions. Mm -hmm. And so the negotiating power, or rather the, the uh, yeah, it's actually negotiating power. The negotiating mm -hmm. power of a body like Kotu gets a lot more complex. And it's just the same with like countries like South Africa and Kenya, where we obviously have the sectoral wage commissions that contain like representative of these employees and trade unions and government that you know kind of like determine minimum minimum wages of like different sectors in the economy or they sort of like make a recommendation to the labor ministry which then works on it and chooses like an appropriate or just perfect wage level for people to work with yeah so it's basically laws that try and strike some kind of balance or policies that try and strike some kind of balance but mm -hmm. that said you know our surprise candidate who we never thought would win mm -hmm. <laughs> who had a really tough election yeah <laughs> mr allah <laughs> allah is, is apparently doing quite well yeah <laughs> so i guess since he's gotten the position again let's see what more he's gonna bring in i mean is he gonna have fresh ways of fighting this or like fighting for workers rights so i don't know <laughs> we'll give him a chance again <laughs> or did he okay we'll give him a chance again so we'll see what he's gonna do yeah good for him speaking of applying for jobs and mm -hmm. jobs mm -hmm. chief justice the yeah. next chief justice mm -hmm. um it's been an interesting couple of days of tv and yeah. interesting in some Good ways and some not so good ways. Some sticky, ew, what the hell is going on type yeah. of ways. And you know, I think this is the first time I've seen people actually being involved in seeing who's going to be elected for a chief justice. Because of course there's been chaos around the entire situation. Nah, you're just getting yeah. older, Benedict. <laughs> now, you're, now the news is your entertainment. Um, yeah. It's like, this is what happens. Mm -hmm, when you grow mm. up. So... <laughs> So, um, <laughs> since like our previous Chief Justice Maraga terms ended, you know, they're selecting obviously a new CJ and 10 candidates are up for the job and surprisingly just three women, you know, which is very unfortunate. Surprisingly, really? Not surprisingly. <laughs> Not shocking, actually. I mean, they have one guy on the panel who is disgustingly trying to justify a grown man yeah. dating, courting, and you know, sleeping with somebody who, when he met her, she was ten. Yeah. And 
you know, by the time they, like, you can't even say they slept together. That's statutory rape. Yeah, like I don't even understand. Those why. are the candidates. Mm-hmm. So I don't even understand why that is a conversation and like trying to explain why he did. Like it's a wrong thing, on, like from the start if you just look at it. So, and you know, the worst thing about this uh, election of the CJ is obviously the questions that were being asked when interviewed. I just found that to be ridiculous. <laughs> I guess, you know, when Michelle Obama was saying when we go high, Mm-hmm. Oh, no, when they go low, we go high. We go high. Right? In Kenya, it's like, when it goes low, let's find a lower. A lower. <laughs> let's dig from, deep. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, like, we just want people to have, I mean, the same questions that they are asking, like the female counterparts. I mean, those should be the same questions that are stored on the male counterparts. I don't know why there has to be a question like, oh, what would a like a woman do was a cj and they don't ask men the same things like it just it feels like it's very okay it doesn't even feel it is actually discriminatory so it is absolutely discriminatory yeah. i mean i think for a lot of these institutions when they look at women in any situation mm. they just see you know food pregnancy yeah. kitchen periods yeah. menopause <laughs> it's just like what else can we ask yeah. this, this specimen who, you know, is here? Came out from a rib. Yeah, it's, Did it's she cool. really? I mean, that's what they They're said. different kind of versions. They don't even know mm-hmm. where women came from. Is it a rib? Was she molded? I see. Yeah, but we're not going to look at that. <laughs> I mean, those are the same people that actually depict Adam and Eve, like, on art with belly buttons and it's like they were not given but where did they get belly buttons from but so that's what don't... i mean for them women are confusing so yeah. what are they supposed to ask them other than how would you do this as a woman yeah so you know what it's time to change speaking of change we're gonna dig deep into dig <laughs> deep into celebrity activism this is not like a strange story it happens a lot and this time it's p diddy i know so he was expressing his how he felt about the in the society and investing more in like bl- black businesses because he felt like black people are taken advantage of in like the mm. in the field which is crazy because he himself has had allegations on himself about mistreating artists and everything Mr. Sean Combs with the many combs that he has in his name he's not even grooming himself to be the best example one can be for black people and everything so yeah, he faced backlash online from people who just went back in his history to pick things of his accusations. Because I remember there was even one story of this hip-hop artist called Mace. So that guy worked with PDD and everything, and he wanted to buy his masters back, you know, for $2 million. And PDD was like, hold up, I'm not going to do that. And the guy has only earned like $20,000 from his work, which is sad. I mean, artists should get what, they, I mean, what they should reap what they sow. So I don't understand why this is even a discussion i think throughout this pandemic celebrities have been beyond bizarre i know we had gal gadot's little song (laughs) then we had madonna making her son her black son dance to a song for Mm. black lives matter Mm-hmm. We had Naomi wrapped like a shawarma <laughs> and then she went on Instagram live yeah. with the sound off. 
to cry about it, right? I think they're doing just the bare minimum. They're so idle and trying to look yeah. like they're doing something and they're actually doing nothing. Like it's the most useless kind of activism. And then now you have Diddy's letter. Then mm. you have Will Smith Will with Smith. his slave thriller that mm-hmm. he's then pulled out of Georgia because mm. of voter suppression, ignoring the fact that we are in fact in the middle of a pandemic where people have lost jobs and do need those jobs. jobs yeah. Even if it is on a catastrophic, terrible yeah. project mm. such as a What is a slave thriller? <laughs> I don't even know when they first looked at you, like, what? <laughs> like, what do you guys mean? Unless they've reversed rules, there's nothing thrilling about it. Yeah, nothing completely. We get happy when you have such people in such positions, thinking they're going to fight and go so hard for us, and they just end up disappointing us. You know? I mean, well, good for them. You know, the hero in this case should be self-awareness, but clearly it is not. Yeah. That said, speaking of other heroes, mm-hmm. What are you watching next? We all know what we're supposed to be watching next. Yeah. <laughs> childhood nostalgia yeah, I vibes. Know. And it's childhood nostalgia kind of ruined, you know, with obviously Powerpuff Girls, like the <laughs> show that we love from Cartoon Network as kids. Like I used to watch that thing all the time. So, you know, um, the entertainment industry has had like this new behavior of like bringing live action movies which obviously not a new concept because we've had that with like classics like Mary Poppins, Aladdin, uh, Space Jam. We like recently even had like the Lion King live action, which Beyonce was voicing Nala. They're trying to bring these things back. And honestly, I'm not even, I'm not rooting for this. I feel like they're just ruining. Do you think it'll be so bad that it's good? Kind of like coming to America? Good, there's some I'm, stuff you watch that is just terrible, but yeah. because it's so bad, it just becomes good. It becomes pop culture. For me, yeah, because like I think from that now memes are being bathed. So that's mm-hmm. the entire. We're supposed to. It's supposed to, the bath should be talking about the movie and not talking about how wrong the movie is. And I feel like that's just gonna be it. I feel like it will be like a Tyler Perry moment. Like you want it <laughs> to see the bad wigs. We've already seen yeah. the Black Powerpuff Girl mm-hmm. with like a Tyler Perry yeah. bad wig. Yeah, because like the like the photos were shared. <laughs> so you watch it for the bad plot. I mean, Mojo Jojo is their brother, but allegedly from the little I don't know the rumors that I read on Twitter when people are reacting. Yeah. Apparently, they had some kind of love situation as well. Yeah. Um, it's very royal family, but you know. That's like screwed up. That's not what I saw when I was a kid. Like, why are you trying <laughs> to ruin and rewire everything in my brain? I mean, let's just leave things the way they are. One channel that's very or very notorious for this is CW. I used to love CW when I was a kid, but like right now, they're the ones that are doing all this. Like, even so, they had like a Champed Part 2. See, they have what? They're just rebranding everything, and I think they're just messing it. Yeah. So, let's just protect our memories. That's stick to what we knew and don't ruin things for us. I never even watched CW. I feel like this is an intergenerational class moment. <laughs> but if they do cast a monkey for Mojo Jojo, mm-hmm. it better not be somebody with melanin. I know, not a black person. <laughs> Just give it to Andy or someone. Andy Serkis, he yeah. does look like Mojo Jojo. Speaking of weird incest vibes mm-hmm. and stuff, deaths last week. Yeah, last week is like the worst death. All over last week. Deaths last week. Celebrations when Prince Philip died. Lots of jokes flew out of the drafts. I genuinely believe people have these jokes in their drafts because that was too swift, too good. I mean, you all saw this coming. <laughs> he was literally like dead but still walking with the living. So poor planning on what to unleash once it actually happened. So yeah, we saw this coming and we were waiting to have a 
like a play field with it. I generally think the queen, he died a long time ago and they kept him alive. After all, she had rights over him as her cousin mm. and her husband. Yeah. <laughs> <Such a> good. <laughs> yeah, and I was seeing that headless on the poor, like, the queen is back to work. I mean, yeah. She was She's a, on Tinder. Yeah, she already saw this happening. <laughs> but that's it. There's been, yeah, we're in such a good news trajectory. Let's keep it there. The UAE named mm -hmm. their first female astronaut who's going to space. Mm -hmm. I mean, this says a lot uh, because you have all of these countries that have been to space before and typically they send a very specific type of person to space, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. They've kind of changed of late and they do include women and some black people and yeah. people of color and all of that. But yeah. not really a thing that they've been doing. So it's great to see how the UAE is really boosting achievements, being quite progressive. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good because at first they made aliens only think they're white humans. At least now they can see <laughs> that there's variety here. Yeah, yeah, there is a lot of variety. The woman that was like named of like to be the first female astronaut to space was a mechanical engineering graduate, Nora Almatrushi. I mean, she was picked oh. from a group of more than four thousand candidates to join the space program. This is not the first win for UAE. I mean, they were the first Arab country and the fifth in the world to reach Mars with the launch of the Hope probe, which is actually orbiting around Mars. They're giving Elon a brand for his money. Okay, that sounds good. So basically, they're hoping to establish human settlement in Mars by 2117. Hopefully, I will be dead. <laughs> I do not wish to be around when yeah. climate change is roasting everybody. And everything, yeah, we want to be there, <laughs> but it's, I don't know, it just seems, I don't know, where yeah, people back then, you'll see how that's going to be, how that's going to look like with yeah. the all of progressive and everything so this is the interesting thing for uae because you know if you look at their counterparts around places like saudi arabia they're not even letting women drive while their neighbors are giving women space actually sending them to space literally yeah yeah tragic yeah. speaking of tragic mm -hmm. lava uh -huh. did you ever play that game as a kid hot lava hot Hot lava. I, I only know it's like of the cartoon Lava Galan, Shark, you know, Shark Boy and Lava Girl. I don't even know that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so you see, that it just shows the generation different that we have between us. But anyway, um, la Lava, just like 20 year olds your age, should have mm -hmm. stayed at home. Yeah. <laughs> but it is. I had my 20s out. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, Lava was like, you know what, this quarantine thing is not for me. So it mm. actually ended up taking a journey and it caused a devastating havoc on like the small the Caribbean island of St. Vincent. Isn't it like the way you did French in the beginning? It's a song, some I maybe. There's always an accent to something <laughs> that we don't know. So, but funny enough, you know, if you try Googling like St. Vincent, if that is, it's like, you know, <laughs> a white lady comes up, <laughs> which is so funny because St. Vincent has actually been whitewashed by ash, so it's like whitewashing everywhere. But it's a devastating story because, you know, it's still continuing. Like, it's not something that just happened once because natives there are actually saying that there's still rumblings going on. And so outpour is being expected to come in a few days. And they're being, like, that is being signaled by smokes happening all the time. So, you know, while they smoke, a small Caribbean island countries don't. Goodness. Speaking mm -hmm. of white ladies, mm -hmm. um, the European Commission's president, Ursula von der Leyen, was mm -hmm. left standing while her male counterparts were accorded a chance to have seats 
at a meeting in Turkey that was all about women's empowerment. If you didn't, you couldn't tell. I mean, that was sad. <laughs> we were so upset. Paul, we're not even, we're not going to sit there and wait for Thanksgiving to actually grill some turkey. We were like, how dare you do this? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the same country that stepped out of a convention that was really around, you know, um, ensuring protections on gender-based violence. Yeah, so, you know, we'll act surprised. Like, just, oh my God. Just like the other winner of the election thing, we'll act surprised. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, it was very awkward if you saw the video because like <laughs> Ursula was there and she was signaling a lot of times for her to get a seat, but she was just ignored. Mm -hmm. And you know, so it, people are just very angry about it and Turkey was under fire. And you know, when they were asked, you know what they said? Oh, Sidri, this is protocol. I'm like, what do you mean protocol? Do you know what is also really funny about it, right? Mm -hmm. She was just beckoning, right? Yeah. You know the story of the little mermaid? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know Ursula, who mm -hmm. voice, voice yeah. was the witch. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, this could be poetic justice, kind yeah, of exactly. like. <laughs> that, that women are actually literally not getting a seat at the table, so... You know, just take women's rights as crucial as she, it should be, even if it's small matters like chairs. I mean, it's not even a small matter, because as small as the issue looks, it's like a projection of the bigger things that women face. See, the thing that happens with women's rights is anytime it moves a slight inch, first they'll tell you, you know, make sure you're at the table. Then mm -hmm. you're not given the seat at the table. Table, yeah. Then they'll tell you, bring and build your own table. And bring and build your own seat. Yeah. And it'll always progressively have something else. Something yeah. Else, How dare else. you build a seat <laughs> without my... It's just ridiculous. Without my protocols. Yeah. <laughs> and as ridiculous as that story is, it's not as the next one. Mm -hmm. hmm. Which is about a, <laughs> a Georgian installation and performing artist called David Datuna. So mm -hmm. the guy was actually under fire for eating a banana that was taped onto a wall and this is just not any banana it was an ad hoc piece that sold for one hundred and twenty thousand dollars yeah and it's called the comedian isn't it right i know which is essentially funny because how does a banana go for that much it's the highest grossing comedian <laughs> i don't know any comedian i would put it in the top five category yeah. of comedians because that's across like across the world that's a lot of money for one time appearance yes <sighs> And you know, he was like, he was not even remorseful about it. He called it a rare art performance. And if it's art, then we're going to have to appreciate it. It's, to him, in his eyes, it was not vandalism or anything of that sort. Yeah. I mean, he could also justify it by saying he was a starving artist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and hungry artists actually made the artist that made that very angry. Speaking of the artist that made that, it, the piece was by renowned Italian artist called Maurizio Catalon. Mm -hmm. So the guy is actually famous for this $6 million 18 carat golden toilet, which was actually stolen this year from the Bynham Palace. So what people don't know is that this art, the piece was once to be gifted to Donald Trump back in 2019. Was it? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Is it so that he can watch people peeing into it, like his other pee tape? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he didn't grab the seat, the toilet seat. I mean, it would have just, it would have been a whole entire Donald Trump aesthetic. <laughs> he was shit, throw yourself into that toilet or something of that sort. But, but anyway, I guess this was it from us. Um, thank you for joining us. This was Jerry Benedict, one of your hosts. And Noni Wangi. Make sure you tune in next time. Follow us on all our social media accounts. And we can be found streaming on all podcasts. 
Yeah, bye-bye. All podcasts. All podcasts. Awesome. <laughs>